pale horse. The man who sat on him was dead. And hell followed with him. You're killing me, man. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Declarations of War. I am your host, Alexei Card, joined in this very special episode by my fellow noir brethren, Levitain. Good day, good day, good day. And our special guests, members of senior leadership for both Kaldari Militia and Galenti Militia, Henrik Suzaku. Hello. And Nix. What's up? Very happy to have you guys here. A rare, rare event to have members of opposing militias in the same place, at the same time, on nearly the eve, no pun intended, of one of the most consequential rewrites to an eve system in general that we've had in a long time. This is the, the low-sec equivalent of the Sovereign vamp, really. Uh, faction Warfare, getting a major patch, potentially either the day you're listening to this or the day before you're listening to this show. Uh, the Warzone landscape is about to change. The rules are about to change. And there has been a ton of activity going on behind the scenes around this. A lot of it you've heard on this show as Nora has been hired on the Galenti side. Full disclosure for everyone. We've been fighting with the Galenti on a contract for a little while now, uh, trying to make as many gains as we can before this patch where it's going to matter whether systems are controlled or not, whether they're adjacent to controlled systems or not. And beyond all of those mechanics, of course, we have a lot of uh, fanfare around this, some storyline fanfare, some ship fanfare. Uh, Let's get into the ships first. We've had a ton of new ships be announced for this patch. Faction Dreadnoughts, Faction Battlecruisers, Faction Destroyers. What are your plans for these new ships? Uh, We'll start with you, Henrik. Are there any that jump out to you? as really exciting. What are you hearing your pilots talk about? Do you have any plans to trial one or more of these ships as a proper fleet? FNI is hugely exciting. If you just look at the kinds of numbers that it can get, it's amazing. And um, it really reminds me of sort of the way the Therox used to be before it was nerfed as like a solo boat. For both solo and fleets, the FNI looks amazing. All right, staying with the Caldari line. Next, what about the Galente? What ships are you guys excited about right now? I'd have to say we've had the most chatter over the Moros. With the Navy issue bringing a range bonus, the fallback of the Moros now makes it a very usable cat. We've done some PIFA simulations, and adding that range bonus with the current damage potential makes it very viable. And not just a range bonus to its weapons, but also as a tackle, which is a very rare bonus for a Dreadnought. Extremely rare. Yeah, we're curious. It's going to be interesting to see how we can utilize that. Do you foresee potentially an entire fleet of these things, or do you see them as support for other dreads? Most likely support, or even for dread bombing, uh, being able to fight supers. It's nice to see Faction Warfare have a rule to play with caps and supers, Um, as in the past, you know, mostly everything's been subcap, unless it came down to structure warfare in recent years. Gotta say, the Morris Navy issue looks a proper chunky boat compared to the stock model. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, the, the Morris and the Rev Navy, little thickens. Whereas the Phoenix just gets a lot more little bits sticking out of it in various places. It looks really spiky now, like a second only, it's like a Sancho ship. It's going to be the Hawking, and I think it's also going to be really good to fleets. I've heard the term 33 million EHP tossed around. Well, I wanted to bring that up. Uh, you know, if you just look at the bonuses, it looks like the Phoenix kind of gets the short end of the stick. Haldari is not dissuaded by that, though. You guys do see potential for this ship. No. Compared to like the Moros, it's certainly the bonuses are a little less interesting. I think it's going to beat the Moros, hands down. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we kind of looked at it a little differently. Um, we were looking at the Phoenix more as a hot dread for anti-subcap than for dread combat. I think the Moros and the Zern will triumph there with Revelation as its cheaper younger brother. I think they missed the trick with the target paint. I, I can see where it's coming from, but I wonder if a straight application bonus might have been better because then you've got that mid-slot to use for other things. I don't mind it having the painter itself. It's just, I feel like that's a weird place to have just left it. It doesn't get a stronger resist bonus. It doesn't get any E-War bonuses like the Rev and the uh, and the Moros. The 
The Nagalfar gets cool mixed bonus, but even if you went all one direction with it, it still has more sets of bonuses than the Phoenix does. The Phoenix just gets a painter bonus, and that's pretty much it. I mean, shield caps in general are not in a great place, but if you look at the the Phoenix's strengths now, it's probably the best solo slash hard red. So I think they were looking to lean into that. Yeah, the Phoenix was already a nightmare. You know, in a, from a haul point of view, this thing is going to be insane. So you think it just kind of didn't get as many bonuses because it was already sort of on the top end with its base class? I mean, if you're going to do a shield dread, you probably pick Phoenix. Obviously, the rev is in the top slot. We'll see how it shakes out. Indeed. Speaking of things, how seeing how things shake out, they did not shake out too well for the Turner system. The uh, solar collectors really kind of backfiring for the Amar here. Uh, this was an interesting Eve event. Kind of had a, a bit of a solar calamity, destroyed a lot of stuff around the sun. Certainly cast doubt in my mind on the viability of this technology going forward. Would you support your factions deploying more of these solar harvesters, solar collector structures and potentially destabilizing stars? Is it worth it? You know, would you support your faction doing it? If the other faction doing it started doing it, what would be your response be? I'm not sure that we have seen yet what the payoff from our militia is going to be. I mean, basically, they're getting like low sec Thera out of Turner, the way it's looking right now, and they're really happy about that. But the star blowing up doesn't seem like the reward for filling the bar. I suspect we'll see what the real reward is after the patch drops. Yeah, I think I think I would agree with that assessment. <clears throat> so neither of you is is willing to commit and say that you guys would not support deployment of more solar harvesters in your regions. I'm okay, on board for war crimes. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> We're all on the same page. <laughs> I I think these things are I mean, I don't know what to make of the event itself. The technology itself is really cool. Um I think it gives the um, the potential to replace the passive moon mining type mechanic that you know, we used to have. So these moons, you anchor, or excuse me, the suns, you anchor structure around it, starts collecting some passive income. Maybe some suns are better at it than others. Yeah, the sun is like the Not only cool. celestial on grid where they don't have some option for like interaction or PVE. So it's sort of a natural place for them to develop something new. Yeah. And uh, if there's a chance that it will destroy any citadels that are anchored next to it, it's a pretty big risk-reward thing. Like, you could maybe plop a citadel down to better protect your collector, but if something goes wrong, you are out a lot of pain. It is an interesting mechanic, though. It's nice to see more ways to blow up citadels and structures in general. Or even if it's not, uh, maybe you just can't put a citadel around it or something like that. I don't know how they would work it, but... You know, I I have missed that kind of like passive mining mechanic where you can go try to like conquer something, even for small groups. If you found a way to get a hold of one of those things for a couple of weeks, you'd set your guys up for like the next six months. It was definitely worth it to do. To be the realist, I mean, I'd, I'd kind of wonder if they do follow for a mate actual gameplay mechanic because I mean, if you if you uh, go ahead and start doing massive coronal mass ejections or just destabilizing stars, you're going to end up with loads of low-sec theories just lying around. Eventually, there's going to be so many wormholes going around the place. Not the worst thing from a gameplay perspective. Well, I'm fine with it. I think Turner is <laughs> going to be a unique system. It may okay. very well be, but do you, do you think that will be the last we see in the Stellar Observatories? I think they'll do more with the Harvesters, but I don't think they're going to have another Turner-like event again. We'll see, though. I mean, like, in-game, lore-wise, it'd be very easy to get around that. They would just, oh, well, Turner happened, we learned from it, we improved the technology, and now it's going to be much more stable. So then they release another version of those that people can put down without that risk. If they do a capsular version, obviously, it's going to be kind of different than these, like, massive solar construction projects. Is there one in Galenti space? Did I remember hearing about that right? Nah. No, not currently. They're hinting that there might be some in Conid soon. Oh. Well, you guys did have your own event, the construction of a Stargate, which Kaldari won. Uh, Nix, how did you feel losing that event? 
Um, we didn't commit very many resources towards the event. I know Adoron Robotics kind of fully deployed uh, with Convocation of Empyreans over to the Surthold constellation. Hungry, my corporation, went and did a few roams, mining defense ops. We did a little bit of trial and testing by putting Alperina up about 40% one day. No, uh, at the time, Henrik was uh, pretty heavy in Hade. Well, no, that's not entirely true on two levels. First of all, I distinctly remember you having an Astra and Alp, which we destroyed. The prevent oh, was... was the real fight there. Correct. We did have an Alp. We did have an Astra and Alp arena prior to the event that we staged to actually support Spuds and Terminus, um, who are no longer in Galmill. Yeah, because we kicked them out. Eh, I don't think it was so much that you kicked them out as there was an internal conflict that kicked them out. Uh, I think it was uh, pretty clear they were losing carriers left and right. One day they were there, and the next they decided, well, afternoon's way too much trouble to take, which is what happened with the whole of Galmill, really. It was just too hard, too disadvantaged is the word I've heard. Yeah, I feel like too, that, too could be, uh, clear. that could be a fair assessment. You know, probably a little biased, but a fair assessment nonetheless. Um, but in, in actuality, at the time, Galmo was having some organizational conflicts internally. Um, we were under, I guess what you could call almost like a power struggle. Um, as different individuals and different groups, myself included, um, were looking to try to pave different paths and send everyone on different roads. I was going to ask, what does a power struggle look like in faction warfare? Yeah, it's kind Discord of interesting, drama. right? But yeah, it's it's just a lot of Discord drama. <laughs> um, in reality, though, everything's shaked out pretty well. Um, unfortunately, Terminus and Spuds left. We're still on good terms with them. You know, there's a couple individuals and a couple new associations that joined the group. And since then, we've been growing at a pretty steadily rate. Our numbers have almost doubled now. Nix, would you like to, to discuss the reasons why Terminus left Galnor? Probably not at length. Um, I think that uh, the very basics of it is... Well, now I'm curious. You know, there was some issues internally. They got resolved. Most of them were misunderstandings. Some of them were a little bit of null-sec mentality entering low-sec. Because, you know... No, not bad phones. The you know, like the voice com mentality, the casual no, versus the everybody be quiet. I'm talking, you know, cursing and Discord kind of thing. It, it it was a little edgy for some of our players that have been playing casual for the last year. I have noticed that uh, in general, Galenti militia comms seemed a lot more casual than Keldari militia comms. We have worked on both sides at this point. Yeah, I would say that's that's true. Yeah, we try to keep it that way, you know, a lot less of the NFC freaks out, doesn't know what to do, and they start screaming kind of thing towards, you know, hey, let's keep it casual. It's all fun, good fun. If we die, it's okay. Kind of reminds me of my days back in Jarrah Cartel, like compared to no blocks, where as you say, it's sometimes really regimented and very personality driven. And then some other, comp, some other comps are just much more chill and easy on And I kind of like that. It's nice to have a mix. Yeah, that's a, that's a spot on assessment. Well, I've talked a lot with the Adirond guys. We kind of have a, a long back and forth going. And one of the, the, the issues that we tend to talk to them with is about overcomping. But how we'll show up with like some frigs or whatever, and then there's just like multiple marauders on scan. And it's like, well, we could have had a fight, but... And uh, that, that always ends up getting pointed at, well, we're too disorganized. If you could only hear our comms, it's everybody just shouting over each other. And that's why we don't comp into something that can fight you. I think the term is a fraternity of marauders. <laughs> I think too, um, fraternity of marauders. A little bit of that is uh, not necessarily um, overcomping, but um, they're trying to get an even even fight from upships just due to sheer number differences most of the time. What? In, U in US, excuse me, sir. In USTZ, you outnumber us. Yeah, but then outnumbering someone in a time zone is much different than outnumbering someone in a fight. I'm sure you've you've learned that by now. I mean, most fights that I engage in, they're either even or Galmo flavored, just favored, just because it's USTZ. There's some exceptions, usually when fighting sedition. I would say the last year of battle reports would disagree, but I, I think so. if anybody wants to go research it, I think they'll bear my point out. I mean, I I, I've done a little bit of research. A challenge. I've done a bit of research here, um, <laughs> informal research, but feels like every battle report that I'm looking at, bar maybe one or two, it comes out with 
Kaldari militia winning the fight in terms of ISK, sometimes very, very wide margin, but tends to cede the grid to Cal, to Galenti militia, resulting in a number of lost systems. This is a, a big cultural difference. Kaldari cares more about ISK destroyed, like we're really big on ISK victories. And I think Galenti cares more about things like holding grid. Uh, but conversely, Kaldari cares a lot more about holding like certain specific strategic systems, whereas with Galente, they tend to just care about Fleet. So I'll throw this open to you guys. Do you think that it's like a Galente strategy to keep feeding you so that as you're trying to retreat from these systems, you're easier to catch? Huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure where you're going with that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the most inventive excuse I've heard for uh, feeding yet, Alec. <laughs> I think the reality is that Galente is not Z-Kill obsessed. We don't care if we come out as positive. Also, holding the grid actually means you're actually is positive, or at least less is negative. There's a difference between what Z-Kill will show and what you're actually looting. When I used to deal with Correct, the line all the time was IRL first. That seems to mostly still be the case in Galmil. Yeah, it's a very, very casual militia. Um, we can get very serious and very competitive at times. Um, like Marathand, I think you guys were there recently for the Marathand timer, which was not our prime time zone. Uh, normally you outnumber us 7 to 1, but I think we got a nice couple kills and you guys backed off in Marathand, so that was fun. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't really been involved in, like, Essence for quite a while. All those stuff is, is like, UCSC. Yeah, UCSC has definitely been representing big time with numbers. They're uh, talented at recruitment. I have to ask, speaking of numbers, though, Henrik, um, we have observed guys like John, the Ninas, tends to be a theme of intense multi-boxing within Kaldari militias. Yeah. Allegedly more than multi-boxing. How do you address that controversy? Well, what's the controversy? That they're that they may be engaging in multi-boxing using improper or illegal tools to make it possible for them to do it at that scale. Oh, you're talking about Kanoko. So I don't like to condemn people based on hearsay or like third-party evidence. I've talked to some Galmo people that I speak with regularly who claim to have like incontrovertible CCP level evidence. But then the question is, why haven't we seen it yet? Now, I've flown with Nina on quite a few occasions, and it really seems to me that he's playing by the rules. I think um, we actually, I think he, I think Nina actually decided to um, autopilot like his Dragoon fleet randomly, like through five Galmo systems. We ended up chewing up half of it with the Hakati. As I say, it was quite interesting. Well, he's attrition-based. Yeah, I will say that a lot of the time Nina is not broadcasting as viewable by jumping one at a time. It could also be that he's using software to kind of mimic screens, um, and which is not technically against CCP rules. Uh, and then, you know, he, he goes so quickly now, after so many years of experience, that it appears like it's broadcasting because it gets registered on the same tick, much like if you had seven people try to try to align and jump off at the same time. Just from how the ticks would get registered, it would look like they all tried at near similar times. So a level above the multi-boxing, like some of us tend to do, like it's just like a one-man army. Well, they they can be quite effective. Uh, I think the, the fact of the attrition mindset between Lenti and Kaldari is really interesting. I kind of want to double back on it a little bit. I have heard it thrown around in Galente that like. This score doesn't matter as long as nobody runs out. In other words, as long as you can afford to take that loss, it just matters if you're winning the objective. Which, ironically to your comments earlier, Dick, sounds like a very nullsec mentality. <laughs> Maybe. Um, although in null, I usually find more people who are interested in sea kills being positive, you know. But you're right, right? Like it's a hold the system against whatever's coming in type of mentality. Um, which is what you'll often see with Galente. Part of that might be because of how far Kalmel was able to push uh, before we recently started pushing back. You know, we've dropped down to, I think, just roughly nine systems left, perhaps even less in essence. Uh, and as Henrik put it, they were surrounding Fleet, which we were defending as a, as a headquarters of all headquarters. And earlier you had pinged about the issue with Terminus and Spuds. That was a big part of it, you know, 
Galente having so much pressure on the essence region and very little in Placid. Um, hence why that structure came up in Alperina uh, from Hungary. That was our, our, our attempt to start reaching out and, and providing support in different regions. Well, the way that I hear it, the actual reason they left is because they uh, bat-phoned against the FC's wishes for a particular structure in Gastrons, and that caused a lot of drama. And not the first time someone has, uh, against the FC's wishes, bat-phoned someone. My, that definitely wasn't the case since I was FC at the time for Alperina. No, no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Dastrans, not Alperina. Mm, what happened in Dastrans? That was the last fight that uh, TRM was involved in. We had about 50, 50 Ravens, and they bat-phoned bat Plow against Puke's Wishes. Yeah, there was a little bit of a falling out between Terminus Spud and G-Rex, um, which did lead to some arguments. But, you know, it's going to happen in any militia, right? It's not an alliance. Everyone has different priorities. Uh, but the goal is to try to synergize them. What I found interesting is that it's the same kind of falling out that they had with you because of your bat phoning of snuff. No, we don't have... Well, A, we've never bat phoned snuff. Oh, and come B, on. Save that for the line numbers, dude. Well, I will tell you that it. Snuff does know when our structures go into timer. They are ESI-fed, our timers. However, B, I, we don't bat phone them. Right? Oh, they, okay. they make their own determination of whether or not they're going to drop and try to kill everyone or not kill everyone. And you'll kind so, of see a stage not knowing if we're going to die or not so as we go through that. So you directly to their Discord, so therefore it's not bat phone. No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say, like, we, we don't know if they're coming or not. No clue. Sometimes mm -hmm. they will, sometimes they won't. That's As you saw when you because... destroyed the Alperina structure, right? If if I had snuff on as a bat phone, that wouldn't have happened. That's interesting because a couple of days ago, you messaged Rick's Javix about Joffrey asking some very specific questions. And then after that, literally 10 minutes later, snuff showed up. Yeah, that was kind of because a little bit of his big mouth. And, oh, um, I see. So, so you were feeding them stuff. and you No, did I didn't feed them anything. Them he again. fed them in the EVE Online Discord. You can go look. But why did you ask that question if you didn't have some expectation that Snuff was going to show up? Oh, I just asked because he had said that the Jaffe Institute had been destroyed in the Zeebogander post. However, when we were sieging Verge Vendor recently uh, and we flipped the trail, we had a nice little Discord convo about wait, wait, wait. Hey, so Athenor is still alive. Jaffe Institute still here. So they got the Astra. Okay, and then so all of this was surrounding his free-for-all event. Okay, but what's so what then? You see that Joffrey is uh, still alive, and then you message him, and what then? Oh, we've been trying to provide support to a band apart. No, 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 I'm talking about Snuff. Why did Snuff show up ten minutes later? Oh, I have no idea. Why did uh, a solo Dreadnought stand on our stuff in a goes while we moved away to Harul? Why did you have to freeport your structures? And why do I hear from people like Trottle later? Well, a, early a month? B, I can't answer anything. Well, A, I can't answer anything about Snuffed. You'll have to ask them. Um, I, unless I it's did. in re direct relation to Horngry. But I did ask them, and I, they told me that you're paying them $30 billion a month. For what? For your structures. What would that have to do with you having a dread on your structures? Even well, if I'm I just was? saying there's all these series of interesting coincidences, but it seems to me that you're being rather dishonest to your line members. People no, like not Kirk, at all. Because people like Kirk are completely in the dark, talking about how well. Nix has no relationship with Snuffed Out. That's what he tells us, and I believe him. <laughs> so I will let you know that everyone in Galmel Directorate, um, the director's group, knows exactly what our relationship is um, oh, I bet with Snuffed in detail because we're all full ESI scope to each other, um, which is a big endeavor we've been pushing as part of our organizational restructure. B, I'll let you know that um, Snuffed dropped and destroyed their... Astra House, after I pleased them not to, number one, um, because Rick just has too big of a mouth. You know, he went in EVE Online Discord, tried to rally New Eden about his low stick structure being refed, which of course I did ref it, and uh, wanted to start a war. You know, no matter how much we tried to interact with them, and I'm willing to share all of the screenshots on this as well, no matter how much we interacted with them to try to say, hey, let's just let it be tip for tat, move on. He didn't want it. So you admit that after you refed the structure, you made a payment to Snuffed Out? No, I did not make any payments to anyone, nor did I ask Snuffed Out to go blow their structure up. I you asked them you... to not blow it up. 
Oh, but you did, you did make a payment for that, you said earlier. No, I did not make a payment for that. Ah, okay. I have told you 20 times. I have not ever hired Snuff to go blow anything up, ever, in the history. Wanto can confirm that. Anybody can confirm that. The prosecution rests. Either way. Let me, let me ask you this, uh, Henrik, of all these accusations, if they were true, and what does that what does that mean to you? Well, I think that we're moving into a new season of Calgal. And uh Nix is the representative of everything that we've ever accused Galmil Galmil of that's slimy. Doesn't do anything without snuff backing him up. Has well what a, I will really, say has a relationship um, and lies about it. And I'll kinda of cut you off here, but um let's talk a little bit about the flea at Astra. Um, that you guys came and attacked and we defended. And then moments later, Snuff dropped and destroyed three of our capital ships. I want to hear you your thoughts the, on that. Do you mean the Fortizar? No, I mean the Astra. Uh, not familiar with it. That's since been de-anchored. But if you go through Z-Kill history, you'll see several capital losses. Um, likewise, we were in a fight with you in Integral. This was probably about a month and a half, two months ago, where Chad lost a Zernitra. Um, after Snuff dropped, when you guys were losing your fight, we had cap escalated, and then boom, all of a sudden Snuff I, drops. I mean, look, you're the and ones. I think the, on, the, you're the best ones, part, right, is that if you read local thing. chat at the, the time, but here's everybody, the thing. You're, everybody you're, in Calmill saying, "Hey, look, our bat phone arrived. Get him, guys." Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing: they're the ones holding the leash, and you are the guys with the collar on, so they can come and they can grab shiny kills whenever they want. That's always how it's been. But when it comes to uh, then why would your pilots you, being saying whenever hey, you thanks, need something I'm glad done? My bat phone whenever, whenever you need something done, that's when. It's, you, riddle me that. Up. Why would your pilots say, "Hey, thanks, uh, my bat phone showed up"? Because you'll never see a Galante militia pilot say that. Uh, I but you'll see Caldari militia pilots say that. We've got screenshots for at least twenty of them. That's not my guys. That's UCSC. It doesn't and, matter uh, if it's your guys. It's your militia, and that's what we're discussing here. So if you want uh, to point well, fingers, what, but what I'm saying is, what your militia I mean, does. UCSC does not have any connection to snuff. It does yeah. not matter what your I UCSC think... connection is. It matters that your militia is actively bad phoning snuff against going. Oh, oh, really? Who's actively bad phoning snuff? Like I said, well, I just pointed out two instances of which you have no account. So I, well, I, mean, well, I would I'm keep who? doing that, but it's not going to, it's not going to go anywhere if you have no account. So I'm saying who? Who's the connection? Because historically, it's been Wuru for you guys. So who in Kaldari militia is bad phoning snuff? Oh, I have no clue who the connection is. I'm sure we could put it together if we go through the Z-Kills that are there at the time. If you honestly think that UCSC is bad phoning snuff, I don't... I did not say UCSC. On. I said Kaldari Militia for the fourth time. So who who in Kaldari Militia, then? If we're I going no this clue. far, you might as well say. I, I No, I honestly have no clue. I mean, we do have some some pictures, some Photoshop... Not Photoshop, but some, you know, some little snippets, photo snippets of the local chat of individuals saying, Hey, you know, we've our bat phones here or thanks snuffed. Um, snuffed. One, yeah. From, from Calmill individuals, which doesn't necessarily mean you know, like thanks snuff doesn't necessarily mean that they bat phone them, right? It's uh Hey, thanks for helping us win this fight. Cause you came in and destroyed Galente. I have another question for you, Nick. Why Can I ask it? you one first? No, 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 no. Why okay, is well, I'll it, ask you why one is first. It, so what I want to ask you is, is regarding it, it, a bandit. Don't stop talking over each other. Henrik, then Nix, go. Okay. Why is it that Sedition drops a Fortizar and Vlil, and it gets dropped same day by Snuff, and you drop a Fortizar and it goes, and it's still there? Well, I have the good friends. <laughs> the prosecution... No, to be honest, the, uh, to be honest, the uh, Sedition fort was... Uh, nobody had given a heads up. They had somebody in their alliance that said, hey... I thought it would be cool, so I dropped the fort guys and told them a couple hours before the timer. It was a big shit show. I also we put together Nuke, a defense Nuke Michael, we could. Nuke Michael warping in with you guys on grid while you anchored that fort is our. Now, why is that? And it goes? Mm-hmm. Nuke Michael yeah. was there. Okay. I definitely don't think that was the case because we had Noir, and I don't know, Noir, did you see them there at the time? Not that I recall. But it has a maybe it was, though. Who knows? I will tell you that all, only Galente was present on grid at the anchor, as far I as we're aware. was there in an Arazu. You know that it was his Russian one. The one begins with an H. Okay, so there's a Sino-Alt. I mean, that's going to happen. Even when you stage your Citadels, you'll see a Snuff Sino-Alt. You'll probably see a Deepwater Sino-Alt. You'll see a... But it was during the anchoring. Why didn't he drop on you? What do you mean? Why didn't he drop on me? It was coming out. He was there for 15 minutes, jumped in with your fleet, 
and sat on grid for 15 minutes until the 40 finished anchoring. I don't know. I'd have to ask him. Probably because he didn't want to kill us. I did. He said that you were paid. I was talking with him in system at the time. Regarding? Look, I'll, I'll be blatantly clear with you. I do have a relationship with Snuffed Out. Oh, thank you. It is a defensive relationship. I've said that since the very beginning. No, you said you had um, no relationship with Snuffed No, I told you I had a relationship with Snuffed. I said that we do not bat phone Snuffed. Wow. You said My relationship no with phone, Snuffed is no also pay. beyond it, beyond it's contractual. Nice. It's more of a, a developed relationship over a lot of years. Over a lot of years. Years. And gameplay and, you know, different groups that do different things. How many years? a lot years, of great ways. Like how many it's, years it's, have you been It could be very similar that? to a band apart in our relationship, right? It gets developed through one way or another. So how many years have you been involved with Snuffed Out? What do you mean? Involved? You said it's a relationship that's been built up over years. So how many years? The relationship is very much a, uh, hey, let's not fuck with each other type of relationship. Yeah, but that's not what There's I asked. There's no involvement. Asked how many years? Well, that's for me to know and for you to think about. Oh, okay. Yeah. But hey, I, I do have a question for you. Um, regarding your, your interest earlier in a band apart, there's been speculation on the Galente side that Cal Mill and a band apart work together. Now, Rix has, has actively denied this hundreds of millions of times. Um, however, when, when Rick showed up for the Marathon timer in their so-called war, I couldn't help but notice that the two of you had fleeted together, Rix and the famously neutral band apart. I don't know if you had any comments on that. Um, there's only been one time to my memory that we've been like on grid cooperating with ABA, and that was in uh, Target of Opportunity in they. In terms of Murthand, I was not there for that. I can tell you from personal like relationship with with uh, Ricks that he is very much set on being the low set Costa Rica. And I would also just like to point out that ABA is like. 15 guys in kitchen sink frigates. I don't think so. I mean, when they came into Ref Marathon, there was 42 on grid and Lashaks and Nesters and I think all that kinds maybe, of battleships. I think that them refing Marathon might have something to do with your years-long relationship snuffed out. Because Actually, they were, no, they were refing Marathon because we refed their Astra. Oh. Okay, so then mystery solved, right? Well, no. The, my curious part is when the armor timer came up, which they lost... Why was there 70 people and 40 of them were Kaldari and the other 30 were a band apart? What relationship does the militia, Kaldari militia, have with a band apart to where they would fleet together? Mm, we've, as far as I know, the people that you're talking about, which is not my people, have never fleeted with ABA. Well, they were there. I mean, the Z kills there from Earth, man. Probably because it's a Galmil Citadel that's being attacked. So, of course. But you would still fleet with a neutral alliance? We, it's, like I said, as far as I know, there was no fleeting going on. I don't know. They were definitely fleeted altogether within zero. Okay. But yeah, interesting. I would say that I think like Bandapod did actually drop, um, like, I think it was Drekivax on, on the Rick's Javik thing before Snuff dropped them with Max and Fax and Dreads. Certainly do put down some numbers rather than just that. Um, can't say for certain what they were doing with their tornadoes when they all, what their ganknadoes were in range of their hicks, but that's another story. It sounds like there is a strong negative connotation around militia groups working with outside groups. It, I think it, it's really in particular snuffed out. And the reason being because Calgal is in sort of a bad place in uh, relation to Amar and Mimitar because there's this looming shadow of snuffed out. They're like the dragon that roosts in Rocket Pass. And anytime anybody tries to do anything that's above, you know, cruiser level, snuffed out showing up is almost always a foregone conclusion. So the, um, ideal, the ideal situation would be that we could work together against them. But unfortunately, there's been a uh, persistent relationship between some elements of Galmil, particularly the Fleet crowd, and them, which makes that impossible. Well, that could be said the same with Kaldari, right? There's persistent relationships all over the place because it's a militia and you can't control entry and exit. But that's a different sort of category of thing. Also, in terms of like pirate groups that Calmel has ins with, I can think of like one or two. I can think of two snuffed out and a band apart. We don't have any ins with snuffed out. No, uh, I don't know. Our our lost males would say otherwise. Our local chatter would say otherwise. 
go and back we could, you know, we could, we could go back and forth on it all day. It's not going to solve anywhere. If you really had the intent to say, hey, let's let's band up with Caldari and Goente and go after some opposing force, we'd be open for it. If you're serious about that, we can talk after the show. But I think that that's just pure hot air. No, you're more than welcome to reach out. We can go for it. In fact, um, I think even Seraph is trying to set something up currently, which you probably already know about. ABA's been on a, a little rampant streak of refing snuff structures. They've done about four now. Now, we haven't jumped in at all because we don't really have a reason to, to do it, and ABA is not in a position to take on snuff out. Well, why do you? You have a contractual agreement with them. No, it's, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that I'm not going to pit Galmel against a neutral corp. It has nothing to do with faction warfare. Uh, against a neutral corp that you have a relationship with for years. Against yeah. any neutral corp, right? Like, you ha- that you have a. a, a I've never. Agreement. I will never pit Galente Militia against a neutral corp, ever. There's no reason to. What I'd rather do is I'd rather have more content, and more fights with Kaldari. You know, which is the same thing I tell you guys in local. Um, the problem is, is that it's it's a little bit difficult to establish relationships because the toxicity level of Calmill is ever increasing, especially. T- Kaldari leadership, right? I mean, we have a, through the Eve Online Discord. It's nothing but whining and crying and anger and rage. We have a really, so much toxicity. We have a really great relationship with Sedition, and we have a really great relationship with TRM while they were in. The people that but, we and historically good, but it, haven't it had a like, great relationship with is the Fleet crowd, and it comes down to the issues of bad phoning, snuffed out, and overcomping. That sounded a little bit contradictory to what you said earlier when you kicked Terminus out of Galente Militia, but um, nonetheless, no, 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 you guys kicked Terminus out. No, you can't kick somebody out of the militia. No, it's actually far beyond that. I was in Discord for hours trying to get everything settled. But um, nonetheless, that's all internal and by, let bygones be bygones. Um, they're welcome back at any time. And, you know, Terminus and Spuds are great dudes. We failed a little bit in, in region. And at the time, Hungary was not in a spot where it could help anyone. We were just starting to build uh, when a lot of this stuff kind of fell out. Um but that is kind of a new a new way forward for Glenn Timlish, right? Is recognizing that different groups are going to have different headquarter areas. Fleet, the crowd cannot stand on its own. Eventually, sedition is going to eclipse you because they can. I don't know what you mean by that. So we actually work together really well now, right? Like, SR, uh, sedition's fully integrated with us. We go help them. They come help us. Um, everybody's good friends. Even Puke and I are friends now. Which you know, two months ago, I was ready to rage war on NFG. Interesting. Um, why Why was that? That's a whole other story I'm not going to get into here. But long story short, um, you know, the, everybody comes to join a militia to get involved in faction warfare, get good content, good PvP, good fights, have a great time. We're all on board for that. And if you want to work together to make sure that that can stay to a spot where we can fight together risk-free of third-partying, that's even better, right? Uh, but it, it requires somebody to reach out. The problem is that for one, you persistently lie about this issue. You and your predecessors, everybody who's been involved. Persistently lie about what issue? Number if you're two, talking about Snuffed, I've already told you I have a relationship with Snuffed. It is not contractual by any means. And yes, I don't know if they are going to drop or not drop, ever. And if you go look at our Z kills, even I've lost caps to them. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. Nothing I can do there. And you expect me to trust you to work against Snuffed? I don't care what you trust, but if you refuse to accept that, you're the one who's the reason that we can't work together. You're the thing that you hate. Interesting. You're making that decision. Now, if you go through Glenta, you can ask anybody who works with me. Um, whatever I say I'm going to do, I do. There's no doubt about it. Um, any history will show that. I don't care about what it costs. I don't care about what we'll do with it. I'll undock a paladin and go into 20 of your guys. Even well, if I, I mean- know I'm going to take a loss, right? You're the biggest wallet warrior in the history of wallet warriors. Maybe. I was going to ask about the funding side of things because I I noticed a seemingly bottomless well of ISK for alliances that live in an area of space that EVE has, or CCP in particular, has neglected to inject any meaningful value into and Very lost, true. in fact, a lot of its potential value when they removed the uh, passive mining R64s. How are you guys funding this? Well, I mean, a little bit was we started with a big pot of money from a long time ago, back when um, Hypernet Relay didn't exist, and we had online websites where we could gamble. Um, some of the people I know, and myself included, were lucrative developers and people involved in that project. 
Uh huh. Um, and projects since then that have developed quite a bit of ISK. Casino War 2.0. Yeah, yeah like now we're getting into it. This is the true Casino but, uh, War. But um, you know, now since then, it's about building the infrastructure required to sustain not just our, my corp or my alliance, but every Galante Militia Corp. You know, we just recently restructured our our factional warfare fleet command tiers. Um, so we have tiers now that are working in the training programs and doctrinizing and you know making it so that there isn't just a Galante Militia doctrine, but there is every corp's doctrines. You know, we've got Web3 infrastructure set up through an Alliance Auth install that's going to make sure everything's stocked in the markets um, and hopefully spread that out in the long run to multiple different regions, Placid, Birch Vendor. Um, so in short, your strategy is take a huge pot of money from Blink and hire snuffed out, drop a bunch of Citadels, undock Paladins, and then we'll control the war zone. And what is your response to that strategy, Henry? <laughs> I mean, so far, we've been winning. Have you, though? Because, and this leads into what will hopefully be our next segment, but, you know, Caldari Militia has been on the back foot. Uh, Galente have recently upped themselves from Tier 1 to Tier 2. They've been on a pretty successful offensive, just from a territorial point of view. Iskwar, I think, is pretty conclusively Caldari-leaning. There's uh, been a bunch They've got the systems to show for it, Henrik. They've taken back most of Verge Vendor. Uh, they've killed structures in Black Rise as recently as this weekend. I mean, structures are one thing; system control is another. I, uh, I've been a long yeah, advocate that like the most healthy equilibrium is somewhere around eighty twenty in terms of dominance. If you hold too many systems, you have serious problems with bots, and you have serious problems with tiers, and you have content problems. So there's a real difference between the systems that we care about and the systems that we don't. And most of Verge Vendor, we just don't. Hmm, interesting. Which I mean, systems would you say you cared about? I was going to uh, say, you guys seem like you're actively attempting to defend most of us. I've seen the ones that we actively place. attempted to defend was the ring, a.k.a. a goat, the cage match that Nick sent you into. You mean so like Renarel, the one you guys lost recently? No, 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 no. I'm talking about a goes. Which you had like 100 people there. Besieged for two weeks. That seems pretty different. Where Noir got punched, kicked, slapped, chairs broken over their heads. In the ring of a ghost. What? What is no, happening? Right? Militia when you siege the ghost, but we're we're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, I have a question for you, Nick. If it was one of your one of your close friends, if it was a brawly Sinma or a Kurek who was being punched, kicked, slapped in the ring of a ghost, would you have sent them with such reckless abandon? Would I have what? Would you have sent them with such reckless abandon? Sent them where? To a ghost. I don't know what you're referencing. You sieged a ghost. I mean, are you talking about when we were pushing up a ghost or when we destroyed your structure and a ghost? Or what are you referencing? No, I'm talking about the two week siege that you had Noir do on a ghost. Oh, yeah. I mean, Noir was sieging a ghost because that is, I mean, when Noir entered Galente Militia, Alec himself told me, hey, we want to stage in a ghost. A ghost is our home. We want to live there. And that's where that fort came from. I mean, Galente <laughs> Militia as a whole has never put any real effort into sieging a ghost. The fact and that you think we have those is laughable and kind of funny. Yeah, is <laughs> frustratingly little effort put into a ghost. <laughs> but Alec can tell you as an inside man <laughs> that we've never put any real effort into a ghost. <laughs> it's been about one or two billion a day consistently. I've, Maybe uh, from random pilots going up there, but or from Noir. But I mean, we're talking. We've not put any actual effort over there. We're talking about fleets of ten or fifteen. Of whose? Of, Which group? Of, uh, of Noir. Combined okay. with I don't, think, I don't think Noir are losing like a bill a week, a bill a day in this thing. Yeah, Noir, are you losing a bill a day in a goes? We are not losing a bill a day in general. Oh, Although okay. we are, That's I will say, losing so. a lot more than I would have liked. Faction warfare is a bit more of a meat grinder than we are used to. Uh, we're used to having much cleaner fights, uh, less brawly, fifty-fifty type stuff. Uh, it's definitely. Very different than our usual kiting or, you know, uh, multi multi ship class doctrine fighting that you might do on like null, for instance, or just roaming around in general. Two weeks of fighting, Alec, and you couldn't get it above twenty percent. It's much more instant than the hours. How does that make you feel? I don't know. A little annoyed. I had to give uh, some folks from Sedition a bit of an earful over it. 
But, you know, we are basically it goes as like the best fit for us because of its proximity to syndicate, its jump ranges. So of the faction warfare places, if we're going to be anywhere, that's the place we've decided we want to be. If that is your headquarters, well, that's ultimately going to be unfortunate for you. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> we shall see. If you, I mean, if you'd like to retreat now, we probably wouldn't stop you, but it's, it's ultimately up to you how long you want to hurt yourself. I, uh, I will keep eating your ships. <laughs> I don't think that many, to be fair. And the last major engagement there, I think Sedition were there, and I think that... We brought, I think those um, zealots came along to fight the Caracals and the Osprey Navy issue blob that was brought, and in turn they got reshaped to Eagles. So, I mean, it was a buzz. Yeah, it's one of those things where we keep trading small ships back and forth without any really big, conclusive fights. But, uh, you know, I, I've been advised to think of faction warfare as a much longer-term thing than the short one- to two-week fights that we're used to taking. So nah, Nick just wants to keep you around. Let's see. I want to keep everybody around. Are you kidding me? The more people, the more fun. Oh, well, you know what the fun part is going to be when our contract eventually does run out and we have to decide if we're going to stay on our own. Is someone going to extend? Is someone on Kaldari going to pay us a little extra to flip? Well, you know, I always <laughs> found that interesting that you looked at that as a contract. Because Crook and I had a long talk about that. And he was like, hey, who hired Alec? I was like, well, you know, I reached out to you initially thinking about hiring you for an entirely different objective, um, which would have been the first time, you know, Hungry had ever hired somebody to go do something. And that was when we were thinking of war decking uh, NFG um, for some, you know, just misgrievous, we'll call them grievances, which I think actually you've, you've heard probably by now internally. Um, if not, you will soon enough. But nonetheless, yeah, you're like, yeah, what a stage and it goes. You know, we were in the Alliance tournament at the time going back and forth. Remember, you're like, hey, we got to know, you know. <laughs> well, we like, were hey, having man, a meeting. You need, you need help. We were having you a meeting that ships. morning about, need? like, we were having a meeting that morning about, like, are we going to do Faction Warfare? If we do, are we going to join Kaldari or not? And I remember you discussing, yeah, whether or not you're looking at Kaldari and Galente. And I was like, well, let me swing you towards Galente. You know, well, that was your, we'll that's your standing Because when I hired Alec, he couldn't get in Kalmel because of the standing Oh, we fixed that. Nope, definitely wasn't because of a standing issue. They just chose going to. Well, we were thinking about it because we honestly, we had a good experience working alongside the Kaldari militia before, and we also are good friends with Templus Kalsif. So we were initially leaning that way, but then we heard there are a lot more Kaldari in general, so we had more targets if we were to go Galente, which started us at least considering it, and then the whole thing with Nyx happened. Uh, you telling me that the deciding factor was not the big, fat stacks of blink bucks? Oh, it made it so much easier, Henrik. You gotta, <laughs> you, gotta you, make you, easy you decisions. Easy decisions. Like, oh, should we should we do this thing for no money, or this thing for all the money? Mm-hmm. Very easy decisions. But, you know, it's ultimately, I think for us, it comes down to, uh, and next we can hear a bit of your computer when you're keying up, thank you. It ultimately comes down to what CCP does. So on Tuesday, they're rolling out this patch. It's going to be, be a big decider for us. Is this a place we stay long-term contract or no contract? I mean, obviously, if either one of you guys or any other faction warfare person wanted to hear this and they're like, ooh, we want to make sure they stay, we'd be happy to keep doing it as a contract. Whether or not it's something we do of our own accord, ultimately, that's in CCP's hands. And with the new rules rolling out, I've got to ask, well, uh, I'm happy to start with, with Henrik or Nix, whoever wants to take this ball first, but which faction has the advantage under the new system concept, and what do you expect to happen in the first couple days after the patch? Go with Henrik. I don't think that there's going to be any sort of a major shift in Warzone control. There's going to be some changes, especially as regards Citadels. They're going to be a lot less important, which I think advantages Kaldari. But, um, you know, I've talked a lot about the patch, both like in the official Discord and other places. And um, needless to say, I have some serious concerns about the way that the new plexing system works. But um, there's also a lot of cause for excitement. Well, talk to me about the plexing system. What are your concerns? Well, so faction warfare has always sort of been a two-headed beast. On the one hand, you have the siege siege fights 
And on the other, you sort of have the small gang roaming nano, like Eve is easy type stuff. And um, I think that the, I worry that these new changes are going to seriously endanger the second part, the small gang part in favor of the uh, sieging aspect. Because the sort of the issue with the sieging, with the siege meta was the novice plex. Um, it didn't really have like great options to punch up in. There was one ship which was just like completely dominant, the worm. Uh, and while it's fun to do like Tristan Punisher or Kestrel blobs over and over again, it starts to wear thin a little uh, after a bit on a lot of people. But um, the new system, it's still up in the air whether or not it's going to be focused on uh, like medium large or that there's going to be a strategy around the small. And I think that particularly if it's medium focused, there's going to be a lot less targets in space for like small time, uh, small gang people. And that's on top of the uh, Navy, the Navy tier two um, division, which I think is a very bad idea. I think that the whole idea that we can like fix the meta of the, of these different plexes by further restricting the number of ships available is wrongheaded. Yeah, I can see some some sense to that. I kind of get where CCP is coming from, where there's just such a big power gap, especially at the frigate level, between your Tech 1 frigate and your Faction frigate. But it feels like they went a little bit too far in that direction to fix that problem. I mean, this is not going to affect the relationship between T2 and FFs at all, because they're both going to be in the meta for both uh, Navy and the Advanced Small. What this does affect the relationship with with the smallplex is Tech 2 Destroyers and AFs and Pirate Freaks. And really, the only bad offender is like the Worm and the Novice. Other than that, I think there was a really healthy meta in the small between AFs, Tier 1 Freaks, Faction Freaks, Tier 1 Desis. And um, I'm concerned that with the uh, Navy Plexes being the statics, it's going to cut out a lot of the fun options that people had. At this, particularly at the small gang level. Like, I think you're going to see a lot less arty wolves, for example. Next, what about you? Who's got the advantage going into the new system, and what do you expect to happen the next, well, I would say the next week, the first couple of days after the patch? What, what are we going to see immediately? You know, that's a tough one. Um, I think what we're going to see that Galente is looking forward to is the effect that it has on farmers. Um, which, you know, neither Kaldari or Galente control, but they like to flip sides to whichever one can has the highest LP increases or the highest tier. You know, and they farm systems as quickly as they can, and it does have an impact on region status, right, and the ability to, to, to switch region status. So I'm most curious to see what happens to the farmers, you know, because if, if farmers disappear and we're able to have more of an even fight, um, that's that's something that I think will be the most interesting because you know, it'll actually be able, for the first time in Eve's history, we'll be able to see true active player Galente versus Kaldari, especially with the backline system LP reductions and the, the frontline system command post dynamic. Frontline is the one thing that I think everybody can agree on is good. Constriction size of the war zone, preventing bot farmers. And if the if the botters go away, if the farmers go away, does that like who? Which side does that hurt more? Losing that support. It What's flips. Current? Oh, good. Well, I was just going to say. I mean, it flips every six months. It depends on the value of the LP tier system. Also, going away is a a good thing, by the way. Yeah, I think currently it would hurt Kaldari um, the most as of presence time, but Eric's um, absolutely right. It, it flips every six months. Sometimes farmers are helping Galente. Sometimes they're helping Kaldari just particularly based off LP value. Mm-hmm. Well, I can definitely speak from not this contract so much, or I haven't noticed them as much, but the previous Faction Warfare contract we did, uh, they were immensely deflating. You would have all this player activity and player organization to make things happen, and then this wave of bots would just come in and undo everything with no counterplay. Yep. Very the, hope with that, the hope with that contract is that we were going to be sieging Austin Gelly versus CC, and it never panned out because there was just enormous Galente bot flip. Which is a tragedy, because it would have been a lot of fun. It would have. We had a lot of balls in the air, a lot of people coordinating to try to make this thing happen. And it didn't because of uh, of bots. Yeah, seeing um, more fair fights, especially I'm I'm starting to like the new 
complex dynamics, you know, having to recreate doctrines, come up with new metas, um, that kind of gameplay is, is a lot of fun. That kind of change to faction warfare where we get to basically start from the get-go and go at it again. If mediums and larges are most important, then we're going to see a lot of uh, like tier one cruiser brawls, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Because on the one hand, having like actual effective logi, tier one cruiser brawls can be a lot of fun at the fleet level. But on the other hand, I feel that it's kind of going to gear FW more towards F pl- uh, N plus one. Because if you've got like way more logi cruisers than we do sitting on the button, then most of the time the lesser side just kind of has to turn down the fight. Agree with you there partially, but I think there's good counterplays to that. And you can introduce utility, E-War, quite a most of those, things. I mean, the most effective counterplays involve Tier 2 ships, which are not going to be involved in the statics. Well, you don't necessarily need to upship to counterplay. You, know, you can just add in more utility or more support. That works really well at like the small level, and it does not work nearly as well at the at like the medium Logi level. This is kind of... It, it largely like, Go ahead. Yeah, next. One last thought. I was going to say it largely depends on whether or not you're offensive or defensive. If you're already in the plex, it's easier to stage, get positioning, you know, have even a cruiser's or logic that's 50k out, 60k out. I do agree uh, with you that there's like a general lack of creativity in plexing doc- doctrines. Like people will talk about how, oh, X counters Y, but. Yeah, and it's all one ship, right? Like it's six yeah. characters versus six of something else. <laughs> you can get like some really beautiful grids whenever you combine different elements. The issue, of course, is that like it's harder to scale, and you need like multiple people who are aware of what they're doing, and the other person needs to not just be bringing one ship, because if they're just bringing one ship, then you bring the counter. Agreed. It's also really nice to to start getting faction warfare pilots into something that's not F one based. You know, having them think about dip, playing different sides, right. uh, logic support, webs, scrams, painting, check. You know, checking disruption. Those situations uh, where you've got things. like a like a snipey element and an e-war element and a button-sitting uh, element and like a, an anti-kite element all working together are just beautiful grids. But I, I tend to see that more in the small than the medium, to be honest. Yeah, it could be just related to, to skill points, actually. But um, also FC comfortability, maybe. Well, you can't really just like slide blackbirds in and get them off the button. Right. You can slide kitsunes in, but... You know, even then, like, they're not going to survive against Caracals. Very true. Well, this kind of brings me into the the last point that I wanted to bring up before we go on to our host highlights and shout-outs. With the patch, everything that's rolling out with it, we'll start with Nyx. What are the... Name three things CCP still needs to address with Faction Warfare to get it where it needs to be. I think the first is a hard look at economics. Um, I think they've taken a great stride towards that. Looking at the current LP payouts, adjusting, getting rid of the tier system. Uh, they've reduced the blueprint copy costs and made them more affordable. They also took the token requirements out of them. But getting it to where pilots can af- like affordably continue to keep doing pl- faction warfare, especially if they're going to start pushing towards higher higher doctrines like Tech 1 Cruiser, Tech 1 Battleship, Tech 1 Battle Cruiser doctrines. Those are a little bit more pricey. Uh, inclusion of the, the Navy issue ships. Is huge. Being able to build your own somewhat advanced ship that's unique to your faction, where you can hold a monopoly on the loyalty points, especially if we're eliminating the use of farmers somewhat. So the recent faction warfare changes, that's going to be really advantageous for all of our faction warfare pilots. Probably another big tool I'd like to see is more corp and alliance tools, things that allow corps and alliances to help build their, their members up as opposed to just tax them. Um, if we look historically at CCP's updates to help corps and alliances grow profit or, you know, even supply fleets and doctrines and ships, uh, it's mainly based off taxes. We tax everything. Uh, but the pilots that are getting taxed, you know, kind of at the bottom, bottom of the barrel, it works in a trickle-up system, you know. They're not necessarily making that much ISK unless they're winning every fight, of course, and even then it's getting taxed at 27 different angles. Uh, what I would like to see more is more tools to help corps and alliances do something like missions, right? Where we can set up events, hey, you know, go secure us 200 million tritanium or whatever the case, even if it's industry focused or faction warfare focused, first pilot to get 100 kills. Uh, and that has automated ISK payouts. 
things like Ooh, that, where like we can kind of create one. a... Go ahead. I like that last one. Yeah, yeah. You know, something where we can kind of create more of events, more competition, and more ways for, for our pilots to enjoy being in a corp and just having a fun time, you know, um, and kind of drive everyone towards a goal without just hammering on in Discord and a broadcast saying, come on, everybody, go, go, go. Um, I think the third best tool would be to take the Web3 infrastructure that's been developed. You know, all the tools we have with Alliance Auth and um, some other people are using corporation-based authentication systems. I try to incorporate those in game to some extent. The ability for, for corpse to be able to do something similar to the to use shares and do share dividends down to their members um, based off activity or based off of their their loyalty point gains, um, their contributions, you know, better scaling of industry, the ability to to move industry easier or for pilots to dedicate their slots uh, to the corp and then have a corp manager who's utilizing those slots and they're getting payouts for it based off profit loss. Uh, just more tools in general that allow us to, to kind of work together and um, spend more time in PVP and having fun as opposed to trying to build third-party things to do what we It was like way more than three things, but Henrik, is there anything you want to add to that list? In terms of things that I'd like to see? Yeah, what what's CCP missing to get faction warfare into a really good place? Uh, LP tax is a really big one. And um, we've already had like a petition with that, which a lot of the militia heads signed. And um, we've gotten like soft confirmation that it is going to happen. So I'm hopeful on that. It was announced hope, at FanFest. Yeah. I hope that they keep iterating on the Plex design. I think there's going to be some, some issues. Uh, but hopefully it gets ironed out. Um, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit worried about the Citadel changes. The reason being because I think it adds another barrier for groups to get involved into FW. There's already kind of, uh, it's difficult to get groups that are interested in like the bigger part of Eve and interested in FW. And while they may be using bigger ships, I'm not sure that like using tier one cruisers is a big draw compared to well, I can't live in the war zone and put down a Fortizar anymore. We haven't really talked that much about the structure changes because they seem to have been up in the air. We weren't. We wanted to talk about it in the last show. We weren't able to actually find a good hard source on what they were. Do you have said source, and do you want to discuss a little bit? Hmm. Not sure if I should. If you don't know. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> we'll find out in the next couple of days. Yes, we will. And we are kind of late in the time anyway. Uh, getting into some host highlights, uh, just real quick. We had a really fun fight in Black Rise on a Caldari Astra House. I ran Lynx. It was not exactly thrilling. I, I wanted to pull off an amazing offensive boosh right on top of a Caracal fleet that we were kiting at. It was pretty close to 100, but FC wouldn't let me. So I just hopped Lynx, tried to kill frigates, tried to kill drones, whatever I could, but it was good. It was nice, like, fairly even uh, seat-of-your-pants type fight between Caracals and Serbs and Sacrileges. And, yeah, it was it was fun. It was exciting. Ultimately, you wound up having both a fleet fight and a successful structure kill, which is always a good combo. Lave? It's been nice, actually, to get back into the FC side of things. Um, I think, from a noir point of view, from a line member, I think we've really enjoyed being in Faction Warfare's it's not like a you know, like huge, massive rage ping, you know, 150-man gang, 50-man fights every day, but it's kind of low-level stuff with a low barrier to entry, and it harks back to some of the days I used to do in Mercenary, in Mercenary Academy, in MC, and then in Shire Cartel, just where just a couple of guys, a couple of people go out and just go and have some fun and tear some people a new one. So I've enjoyed going back onto this, and it's been nice to get out the old, get old kind of comps and figure out that a lot of the old stuff we developed still works really nicely. I agree. Henry. I love that. I love that part of faction warfare that there's that casual component, as well as uh, a lot of no lifers. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, kind yeah. of appeals to both both uh, ends of the spectrum. There. What's your highlight, Henrik? Uh, we did a. I don't know. I was happy to get out of the plexes and do a filament realm the other day, and we nice. went to Goon Space. Got some really nice kills. That felt really nice. Thanks. What about you? Coolest thing you've done in the last two weeks? I think there was um, the reach and flips, you know, being able to flip a few systems in Verge Vendor, 
two systems in essence, and a system in Citadel. Took a lot of work from a lot of great great pilots over in Glente Militia. So shout out to all of them for uh, for putting that work in to get those slips. And we also yeah. got a nice little uh, Shadow Cartel Golem kill with some Tech 1 destroyers, so that was cool. In particular, I want to shout out the Glente Militia U.S. Time Zone Push Squad. They have been absolutely tenacious. I also want to give a shout out to our Golden Elite supporters. Thank you guys for your continued support. Brody Wilson, Fate Atreides, Kestrel Swainson, Krav, Mark Havoc, Ting Tingu, and Tweak. Thank you for your loyalty and your support. We really appreciate it here. And I'll turn it over to Lee for his shout out. Yeah, this is on Shadow Justice Edition. Um, nice to kind of have a, uh, they seem really chill in terms of the times I've had with them. Um, nice bit of muscle in the caramel side of things. And yeah, I'm, we're here, I think, for a little while longer. Can't say exactly how long it'll be, how long it'll be, but certainly enough to get an idea of how the new patch is going to be. And I look forward to more fleets with the, with the guys on the green side. Henrik? Shout out to my boy Corvus. Shout out to Pro HG, my boy John, all of Ired. Cooley, happy birthday. Shout out to UCSC. I still do love you. And Melphalon, I hope you're enjoying the other war zone. And all my boys in Kelmel, I love you all. Nick, your shout outs? Close us out. Yeah, shout outs to the militia as a whole and everybody that's been putting a lot of work in to help build organization. And a big shout out to this edition um, as a, it's kind of taking the offense on different placid regions and coordinating so closely with everybody in essence. Well, that's it, guys. Head to declarationsofwar.com to participate in the show poll. We ran a poll for our audience on the last show, whether they supported Caldari Galenti. Pretty much a dead heat. 5-4 Caldari. Very interesting. Nor recruitment is back on. So if you would like to join us in our faction warfare contract and potential future non-contract escapades, now is the time. We are recruiting... Pretty heavily right now. We've picked up a few folks. Um, we're interested in recruiting both people in the militias already and people that would like to be. If I had to give you one pitch about why we're the best faction warfare groups to join right now, I have to say we have fairly disciplined FCs and comms, and your content will not just be limited to faction warfare. We will absolutely go to NullSec. We absolutely go to Wormhole Space. We'll go to other parts of LowSec to take contracts and fight whoever. We are all about going out, finding the content, big and small, and Eve telling stories, big and small, and and all the content that you hear on this podcast, you can be a part of it. So come check us out. It's cafe noir.ingame. You'll find a link to our Discord and a couple people to answer your questions. Come hang out with us, try to catch us on a fleet, and see if Noir is right for you. And for everyone else, whoever you're flying with, whichever war zone you're in and whichever side you're supporting, good hunting listeners.